Hello there. Welcome to this week's chapter by chapter recap. So we've been in the Psalms this week, right? Our assigned reading was Psalm 19 to 49. Now I gotta be honest, it's not really my favorite task trying to briefly describe or summarize each of the Psalms because they're poetry, they're lyrics of ancient songs. So I think it really does them a disservice to recap them in this way. But here we are. If you've fallen behind and you don't have time to read them all on your own, then this is still better than nothing. But as always, I do want to encourage you to go back and read these uh, all the way through as you find the time. All right. So with that disclaimer, <laughs> Psalm 19. Now, Psalm 19 is pretty famous for speaking of how God reveals himself. So the Psalm focuses on two ways, through nature and through his laws. So this is the Psalm that says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And then it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Psalm 20 seems to have been a song of prayer that, um, God would give the king of Israel victory. So this song begins with a general prayer of blessing that those in distress would be answered by God and then moves into where the people's ultimate trust lies. Not in chariots and horses, not in men, but it lies in God. Nevertheless, the psalm then boldly ends with this. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. So appropriately then, Psalm 21 is a song of a victorious king praising God for the victory, for, for his work. Psalm 22 switches gears. It's a song of suffering. Now, this is interestingly the psalm that Jesus quoted on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus stops there, but the psalm continues. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? The psalm resolves in a really interesting way, and it's definitely, definitely worth your time to read it. All right, Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known psalm, I would say. It's the shepherd psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It goes on to describe the leadership of God uh, and the good life of those who come under the good shepherd's rule or authority. Psalm 24 seems to have been a song sung in a processional to the temple, uh, or really because it's a Davidic psalm, originally it may have been sung on the way to the tent that David had made for the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. Psalm 25 is an acrostic poem in its original language of Hebrew. So it's written and arranged according to the order of the Hebrew alphabet. And it's all about trusting in God and how God helps people by teaching and instructing them and by forgiving them and rescuing them. Psalm 26 is David crying for God to vindicate and redeem him. Uh, so this is a really common theme with David. People are coming for him, but he is choosing to rely on God for help. Psalm 27 
is a song that expresses confidence in the nature of God while living in the face of great opposition, while living in the face of enemies. So the psalmist focuses on his main task of searching for God and following God's ways despite what's going on around him. Psalm 28 then records a song of petition, so crying out to God for help in the face of an enemy. Now, it's always interesting how David makes sure to place God as the strength of Israel rather than himself as Israel's king. David knows his place as subservient to the ultimate king, which of course is God. Psalm 27 I mean, 29, recognizes God as over all of creation. It contains calls for the spiritual and natural worlds to give honor and praise to God. Psalm 30 then sees David singing about the process of God rescuing him. So this happened many times recorded in the Bible, and I'm sure actually many more times that weren't recorded in the Bible. Just because of the nature of being a founding king, really the founder king in Israel, uh, you know, at this time in the ancient world, there would have been many a tense and potentially dangerous scenario that David would have been involved in. He was a warrior, right? So this psalm praises God as a rescuer, even and importantly, a rescuer from sin and death. Psalm 31 contains another prayer for deliverance. And interestingly, this psalm was also quoted by Jesus on the cross. Specifically, Jesus quoted verse 5, Into your hands I commit my spirit. But again, the psalm continues on, Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. That's a really interesting psalm to look at because its contents would have sent a message to the people who were there when Christ was crucified. In quoting this psalm, Jesus aligned himself with David, and likewise, he aligned his enemies, the religious leaders of Jerusalem, with the enemies of David spoken of in the psalm. Okay, Psalm 32 is all about human sin and God's forgiveness. So its message is that people need to confess their sin to God and receive his forgiveness. People need to come to God willingly for help. David urges his audience, he urges us not to be like the horse or mule that have to be tamed and then controlled with bit and bridle, but rather we should be people who love God and trust in his unfailing love willingly. So Psalm 33 picks up on the last verse of Psalm 32, which has told the righteous to rejoice in the Lord and to sing to him. So Psalm 33 fulfills that call. It's a worship song to God talking about how he is the creator of all. He has authority over all, how his purposes for the world, they're going to be met no matter what, and how our hope needs to be in him. Psalm 34 is another acrostic poem. Uh, this one aims to teach wisdom, though. Psalm 35 is a bit more intense from a human perspective. So David has found himself once again in a desperate situation. People have betrayed him and they're trying to kill him even though he's innocent of any crime. So this psalm is David's cry for salvation. It's him asking for God's justice for his enemies to be put to disgrace. 
In Psalm 36, we have the foolishness of the wicked being contrasted with the love of God. So it's a much better thing to have our lives be affected by God rather than to be under the influence of the wicked. Now, this was a lesson that many of the descendants of David would unfortunately have to learn the hard way. Psalm 37 continues on in this theme of contemplating the wicked life. So this time it focuses on how the righteous person should respond when they see the wicked life. And the answer is mainly, don't worry about them. Focus instead on trusting the Lord. Psalm 38 sees David asking God for forgiveness. So David is experiencing hardship that he believes to be God's correction for David's sin. And so he's coming to God in repentance and in sorrow. Psalm 39 sees David contemplating how short human life is while he's going through correction from God. He's asking God to help him to live, and not only just to live, but to live better than he had been living before. Now, to me, Psalm 40 seems to contain a real mixed bag of emotions from King David. He goes from praising God for answering his earlier prayers to crying out for even more help. And I mean, this makes sense though, doesn't it? It's a common human experience having known God's rescue, having lived through his saving help and yet finding yourself needing it again. Psalm 41 contains a prayer uh, for da uh, prayer of David from a time when he was very sick. Uh, his enemies were hoping that he was going to die, and he's even had some false friends revealed through this time. And so Psalm 41 sees him dealing and processing all of this. Psalm 42 moves us into book two of the Psalms. There's a few collections here, right? So this is book two. And this one, this book, this Psalm is ascribed to the sons of Korah. Uh, most of them are in this book. And it's a Psalm that deals with a deep longing for God. This is the one that says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. And it encourages the downcast soul to put their hope in God. Psalm 43 continues on in nearly the exact same manner. In fact, 43 may have originally been part of Psalm 42. There's conjecture about it, uh, but it ends the same way that 42 did. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 44 is a psalm of national mourning. So something unknown has happened that's resulted in Israel losing to an enemy. So this is a call to God to help them. Psalm 45 is a wedding song for the king of Jerusalem, which is pretty interesting. Psalm 46 honors God as refuge, strength, and ever-present help in trouble. So the psalm expresses confidence in God that even if the earth would give way, and the mountains fall into the sea, we can be confident and not afraid. It concludes with a message from God, and I love this so much. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 47 then emphasizes God's role as king over all nations, in fact, over the whole earth. Psalm 40 is really interesting to me because it seems to temper Israelite nationalism or really, maybe I should say the, the, the national pride of Israel and Judah, pride in their great capital city of Jerusalem, with the reality that really it's God who makes the city great, not the human accomplishments of the city, not the, not the great architecture and the accomplishments that it also represents. 
Okay, finally for today, we have Psalm 49, which is another wisdom psalm. It begins like this. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all who live in this world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp, I will expound my riddle, which makes it a very interesting psalm to read. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. Pop your comments and your questions down below. And until next time, happy reading and studying. Thank you so much for watching. We want to keep producing high quality biblical content, but we can't do it without your support. If you feel called to support us, please click the link in the description under donate. Your support really means a lot to us.